Hey there, this is Ruth Schwank, and I'm so thrilled you're listening in with us here at Root Like Faith. It is our deepest desire to encourage and equip men and women to be rooted in God's Word, transformed by the love of Jesus, and moved by His mission in the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing is more important. Well, in today's episode of Root Like Faith, we are talking about something, well, that feels sometimes a bit uncomfortable. Or I guess I also should say it just, it's not all bright and sunny like my personality likes. <laughs> I'm an Enneagram 7 and we like the bright and sunny. Um, but this topic is important and it matters, and that is the practice of confession and why it is especially important in the Christian life. And, you know, I just don't think we talk about this enough. So I'm really excited about this episode and I'm ready to get started. Let's go. Well, we are talking about a topic today that is deeply connected to the season that we are in right now of Lent. And if you haven't listened to last week's episode, we kind of introduced uh, the season last week where we answered the question. For the first question we answered was, what is Lent? And the second question was, as a Christian, should we be practicing Lent or celebrating Lent? And I don't know, it was I know I'm I, I don't know if I can say this because this is our podcast, but it was really helpful to me. I liked it. I liked it. <laughs> I liked the episode, but mostly <laughs> because it, it really helped me understand Lent better. So, honey, would you give the listener just a quick recap of what Lent is so we're all on the same page? Yeah. So, I mean, like we said in our last episode, I mean, Lent is really just a 40 day preparation for Easter. And so it's that intentional time of the year on the church calendar where we draw near to Jesus and we oftentimes fast from something. We, we give up something. It's, it's a more of an intentional time of, of prayer and repentance and, uh, you know, meditation on scripture. And it's, again, it's, it's really uh, this time of, of drawing near to Jesus so that we might uh, draw new life from him, more life to him. As we were talking about last week, it's really easy to go through life and just sort of not think about God, get distracted. Mm-hmm. And in the process, get thirsty uh, mm-hmm. and hungry. And so uh, Lent is meant to be a blessing to us. It's meant to be like an oasis in the desert, you know, as some uh, authors have said. And so it's really that time of the year where we are more intentionally focusing on our relationship with Jesus. It's oftentimes characterized uh, by times of, of repentance, confession of sin, meditation on scripture, fasting, so that we might be resurrected to, to new life. Um, come Easter at that time of celebration. And so we said last week in that episode on Lent that that the word Lent um, means springtime. Mm, And so even on the calendar, like you just think about it starts in, in kind of the cold, dark, gloomy days of winter, and then it ends in spring. And I think one of the early church fathers, I think it was Gregory of Nyssa, who was a Cappadocian, you know, Cappadocia is what would be modern day Turkey, and he lived in the in the 300s, but but he's famous for saying that spring does not come suddenly. And so you just mm. think about that, you know, as you are living in a part of the country, we're living in a part of the country where, you know, winter begins to fade into spring and then into summer, but spring doesn't come all at once. No, we and just keep thinking it's got to be coming soon. Praying right? for it. Yeah. <laughs> but I just, I love that because I think it's such a reminder, mm-hmm. such a picture of the spiritual life that, that discipleship following Jesus really is a lifelong journey of trust in Jesus and the spirit of God is transforming us into the likeness of, um, of Jesus. And that process, that transformation comes slowly and gradually kind of like spring um, mm-hmm. comes slowly and gradually as we come out of winter. And so that's what, what Lent is all about. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's this idea of giving up, 
so that we can get more of Jesus, really. Yeah, dying to and, live, I think is right. the language. Oh, yeah, that's what we talked about last week, yep. dying to live. So um, so what we're talking about today in relation to Lent is just this whole idea. It's not just in relation to Lent, obviously. This is something that's vital for the Christian life in general, but that is uh, confession. We're talking about confession. And Honestly, I feel like we don't really talk about this enough. Um, <laughs> it's because we don't think we're that bad. Well, we don't think we're that bad, and honestly, like I don't know, we don't want to. We don't want to confess. <laughs> you know, like that's not fun. I, I love how we were. Um, I don't know if we've shared this or not, but we were headed into Ann Arbor. This is this was back in November, and I think. Our daughter was in the back seat, and we were headed to maybe pick Our up some Our daughter, food. who is uh, 16, 16 years old. <laughs> remember, she just blurted out uh, you know, this confession of, of having looked at, at the Christmas presents in years gone by. No, this is what um, she said. This is how it went. All of a sudden, from the back seat, she's like, I have a confession to make. I used to look at the, my Christmas presents in your closet and was like, where did... So we grounded her. <laughs> yeah, I was a little late for that. I'm like, where did that come from? And why, like, it was like all these years, has that been weighing on her? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, we we don't, as followers of Jesus, I mean, we don't generally do great at confession. And when we do confess in in prayer, it's oftentimes a very general uh, mm-hmm. confession. Like, I just, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. But as we're talking about today, as we enter into Lent, it's it's this like intentional effort to really name our sin. Yeah. Uh, and be very specific about it so that, that Jesus might continue to crucify, that the Holy Spirit might give us victory. And again, so that, that ultimately we it leads to more and more life. Yeah. Well, and I think, like you just mentioned, for me, I this is why I think this conversation is really good, because it's like, how do we actually do this? I mean... I pray and I try to say, think of the things that maybe I've done wrong or whatever. And I try to confess and, and I don't know, like, is, am I even doing this right? Why is this important? So I think this is really good for us to be talking about this. And I think we can start right there um, with the question, why answering the question, why is confession of sin so important. I feel like that's a really good place to start. Yeah, I was, you know, I was thinking, I've been thinking a lot over the last week or two, just about that story in Genesis chapter three, when Adam and Eve sin against God and they go into hiding and, mm. um, you know, they, they, um, you know, run and hide from God. I mean, they run from the source of healing and forgiveness. And, you know, we live in a culture that doesn't hide anymore. And, and so I, I think sometimes yeah, we, we do think so about that true. where we we're, we're scared to come out into the light because we were afraid of being exposed. And, and that's the good news that Jesus covers us, um, that, that we have been made righteous um, by the righteousness of Jesus, that uh, that he gives us his righteousness. And but yet we also we live in this culture where as Christians, sometimes we don't even go into hiding anymore, that, that we don't take sin um, very serious, yeah. and so I would just have been thinking about that. And I think at the core, sin is is really um, it's this this personal offense against God. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, sin is is serious. When you look at the cross, you know what it cost Jesus to come and to suffer in a very brutal, gruesome way. I mean, that, that's how serious our sin was to mm-hmm. God, and it's offense to God. And it really is, I think, a, a refusal to worship God, to love God, to serve God. And, you know, sin is described in a variety of ways in the Bible. It's missing the mark. It's, it's separation. Um, Paul in, in Romans chapter six talks about how sin is slavery. And mm-hmm. so sin is, is everything in our life that is dead and dying. 
um, and, and it separates us from God, who is the source of goodness and truth and you know life and wisdom. And and what we need is is a savior. And so Jesus comes and and he takes our place on the cross. And by our faith in him, God washes us clean. He forgives us and he he destroys the power of sin. And yet the presence of sin in our life is still sometimes um, very, very real, very powerful, very destructive. And so even though we've been washed clean, we've been forgiven, we've been made righteous by Jesus's death on the cross, we still now have to live the, this Christian life of overcoming the presence of sin, growing in holiness mm-hmm. in righteousness. We've been justified. We've, we've been declared righteous by God, but now we need to be sanctified. We need to go through this lifelong process of growing and being transformed. So this discipline that we're talking about today of confession is such an important practice in the Christian life for growing in holiness and righteousness and being set free from from the power mm-hmm. and presence of sin in our lives. Yeah, and I think, you know, you just said being set free. I think that, like, listen, we are missing out when we let sin have its way in our life and we don't come to Jesus and confess that because there is such freedom that comes when we can set those ways aside. And I think sometimes we can be so wrapped up in our sin um, that we don't even realize how miserable it's making us and the freedom that Jesus is saying, hey, listen, give this over to me. You don't have to carry this. Yeah, one of my favorite, I heard a quote recently, and um, the the author said that that sin is the failure to live freedom excellently. Mm. That's a hard word to say, excellently. Excellently. Um, but but it, it's, <laughs> it's the failure to live freedom excellently. And I mean, who doesn't want to live an excellent life? And, and right. really what the author is talking about is that we were created to live this flourishing, abundant life. I mean, Jesus says in John 10, 10, that I came to give you life and a life that is more abundant. The, mm-hmm. the enemy comes to steal life. And so sin robs us of the life that we were created to experience. It's not always an easy life. It's not always a, a convenient life or a comfortable life, but it is a good life because it's a life lived with God. Mm-hmm. And sin robs us of that life that we were created to live that flourishing, abundant life. And, and so sin is the failure to live the freedom that we've been given excellently. And so I just, mm-hmm. I love that. And so as we're talking today about the practice of confession, it's such a, I think an important thing to do, not only during Lent, but, but just in the Christian life in general. And I, I grew up, you know, learning the, the, the acronym ACTS, A-C-T-S, and, and maybe mm-hmm. a lot of our listeners were taught that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you pray? You start out with adoration and then you move to confession and then you move to thanksgiving and then you move to supplication. And so I was taught at a very early age to pray in that way. And yet I, I know, as I think back to to my own prayer life, um, you know, confession wasn't really always a, a part, or at least no, maybe, you're maybe going, the I'm going right to prayer. the request. Lord, <laughs> help right. me. Right? Fast forward, Lord. Right. <laughs> let's um, get to the supplication. Exactly. So. <laughs> oh, my word. Okay, so let's talk about where we f- see this idea of confession in the Bible, because that's where we always start, right? The Bible. Yeah, I mean, I think you see it all over um, in the scriptures. I mean, you see it in the Old Testament when Israel would sin. God would mm-hmm. send a prophet, a messenger, a mouthpiece for God and and call Israel, you know, to repentance. And, you know, the book of Nehemiah, you know, the very first chapter in Nehemiah when, when he learns of, you know, the walls in Jerusalem being destroyed, um, what you see is confession. You see repentance, um, prayer, uh, fasting. And so there's lots of uh, places where you see the the practice of confessing sins to God and God being mm. gracious to forgive his people. And yeah, I always think about in the, um, in the Lord's prayer, you know, in the new Testament where, you know, the disciples come to Jesus and they say, teach us how to pray. And, and he responds to them by saying, our father who is in heaven, 
you know, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread um, and forgive us our debts mm-hmm. uh, as we forgive our debtors. And then he goes on to say, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And so right there in the Lord's prayer, there is this this regular practice of, of asking of for forgiveness mm-hmm. of confession. And, and so you see that. And I know we've talked about before that, that in early Christian writings outside of the Bible, the Lord's Prayer was often prayed three times a day. And so you, you see that in the Lord's Prayer as well. And then James chapter 5 is another, I think, classic example. Mm. Um, I don't know if you want to read that, but James chapter 5 um, in verse 17, you know, James there, as he's writing to those groups or to that group of Christians, uh, is encouraging them to not only confess their sins to God, but but he's encouraging them to confess their sins to one another, mm. that there's healing in that, there's accountability in that. And so that too uh, can, can be uh, an incredibly rewarding um, discipline as we confess our sins to God, he forgives us, but we also are called to confess our sins to one another. Okay, so I have the verse here and it's James 5 verse 16. And um, this is what it says. It says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. I want to read that one more time. I love that. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Yeah, I love I mean, again, I think that's so important. We're, mm-hmm. we're called to confess our sins, to, to repent of our sins, to, to express sorrow, um, and then to turn from those sins. It's not just to, to have a good cry over our sins. Um, well, but, we can but do that too. We can do right? that too, but, but also to, to ultimately turn you know, from mm-hmm. our sins and begin to, uh, you know, to follow Jesus even more faithfully, more fully. And then as James is saying, we're, we're called to confess our sins to one another, that there's healing in that, there's, um, there, there's great restoration, even accountability in that. Well, and and so, I, yeah, and I'm thinking about that freedom that I was mentioning right. earlier that comes when we confess our sins. There's such freedom and healing in that. So I, I love that we see that right here in James. And I think this is such a reminder that that we really are given the invitation by God to come out of hiding. I know we were talking about in, in Genesis chapter three that that there really is something significant that happened at the cross, that, that Jesus really has made us holy. He really has cleansed us. He really has forgiven us. He really has made us righteous. And so to come out of hiding and to be loved as we are, to be a loved sinner, that we don't have to hide, we don't have to pretend, we don't have to fake mm. it with God or with one another, mm-hmm. that, that we have this secure relationship that, that God really has cleansed us. You know, I've shared this story before in, um, in sermons, but when I was in sixth grade, you know, you, PE class, you'd put on your, you know, your gym shirt and your gym shorts and you'd, you'd go and, you know, run outside or whatever. That was the, the worst the in the middle of the day and you're all sweaty and then you got to go to class. I love gym class. Well, gym and lunch were my favorite, but I, <laughs> of course. I didn't, I didn't enjoy the, the short shorts. But anyways, I remember when I was in sixth grade, I had a, I had a tiny little wart on the outside of my right knee. And I was so embarrassed about that. Uh, you know, I, I was so like, like yeah. I didn't want anybody to see it. And so, you know what I did? Is I I, took I seriously a, have never heard this you story never heard before. This story? No, I mean, you must not be listening to my sermons very Honey, closely because I've ne- shared this before. You have not. Okay. Have. Anyways, go well, ahead. We'll talk about it later. Anyway, <laughs> off the air. But I I took a band aid and I covered my my ward and I did that for maybe three weeks, four weeks. I, I don't remember. And I remember one day my, 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 a friend of mine who's, I know I only had a couple of friends, but one of them who was quite <laughs> observant, um, finally said to me, what did you do to my knee? Or what did you do to your knee? Uh, because he noticed that every day I had this bandaid over my, over my knee. And so I, I lied. 
Like I completely fabricated a story <laughs> and, and made up this story that I had injured my knee, that it was healing. And so I put oh, this Band-Aid word, over it. Oh, my word, honey. And so I, I was so embarrassed for somebody to yeah. see my ward. And I just, as I've thought back mm. over the years, like that's such a, a good illustration of what we do with God. It's such a good illustration of what we do with one another. That we've all got warts, right. and I know that, and, and we wow, we're also that is afraid such a good picture. for other people yeah. to see our warts mm-hmm. and forget. And so we do. We go into hiding. We cover up. I mean, the other thing that Adam and Eve did is that they they tried to fix their sin themselves. Mm-hmm. That they covered up with fig leaves. And what you see at the end of Genesis three is that God says, "No, I'll fix your sin. I'll cover you." And He mm-hmm. clothes them. Um, and that's a picture, right, of what Jesus will mm-hmm. one day do on the cross. That 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 He clothes us in His righteousness and His holiness. So that we don't have to hide, we don't have to pretend, we don't have to fake it, and we can come into the light and be loved as we are, warts and all. And it's really only in the light that we can have our sins adequately dealt with. Mm. It's only there that that we can really experience true forgiveness and, and healing of those deep mm. wounds, that th- those deep uh, sins, mm-hmm. the sorrow over our sins. And so mm-hmm. I think it's just a reminder that the gospel really is good news and that Jesus really has covered us. And, and so what we're doing again in, in confession is we're coming into the light because we've been given in this invitation to walk in the light and to be known mm-hmm. as we are. And we all desire to be known. And yet at the same time, we're scared to be known. Yeah. And so the gospel says, no, you, you can come out of hiding. You can, you can be known and loved. And, and so the confession of sin is allowing God to deal with those areas of our life that, that we're holding on to that are dead and dying. So we might experience more mm. of the life that, that he wants to give us, more of the freedom that we were mm. created to experience. Mm. That's so good. So we've talked about why it's important and just you know where we can see a couple of examples in the Bible. And then I think that, of course, the best place to kind of wrap up is is how does that look like? And, you know, how does that look? Yeah. What's that look like in our life? How should we practice confession? Well, I want to just share really quickly one simple way that we can begin incorporating this this discipline of confession in our life. And this is nothing new. I mean, this is something that Christians have been doing for almost 2,000 years. And when you read the writings of Athanasius, for example, you, you hear this language of, it's called the examine. And the examine was a way of, of really allowing God to examine your life mm. and helping you. I mean, God knows uh, what our sin is, but, but mm-hmm. God is allowing us to see what our sin is so that we can confess it. And so you see that as early as the 200s, 300s in Christian writings. So this is something that Christians have been doing a long time. And it was really a guy by the name of Ignatius who made the examine or the examination of conscience um, popular in the okay. 1500s. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. a very simple practice that we can begin doing in our prayer life uh, is called the examine or the examination of conscience. And I I love alliteration. Like I just, you know, if you can, <laughs> know, if you can take words and start them with the same letter, you love then that. that. And must you're be, actually that must be from God. You're you know so I mean? good at it. Like I that just would take me days. But anyways. So this is sort of a <laughs> this is my version of the examine and um and they all start these four words start with the letter R. And so one of the things that we can do um is at the end of the I think this is the best thing to do at the end of the day if you're gonna begin doing mm. this. And so start at the end of the day just before you go to bed, you're laying in bed at night. And so the, the first R is you review. And so just prayerfully you're you're going back and you're sort of hitting review wind on your day and you're just mm-hmm. reviewing the different conversations you had, the different experiences, the different meeting, you know, whatever it is, you're just reviewing your day and you're just allowing God 
to search you. Psalm 139, right? Search me and know my heart. See if there's anything offensive in me. And so you're really allowing the Holy Spirit to to just search you and bring to the surface anything that is in your life that that you um, need to hand over to mm-hmm. God. And so that's the first R is is review. And then the second R is rejoice. And so you're just praising God for the different ways that he was present and for his grace. And you're Mm -hmm. just rejoicing. And so you review, you rejoice. But then the third R is that you repent. And so as you review and rejoice, you're now beginning to, to sort of name those sins. I got really short with the kids at dinner time, or, you know, we were driving to, and we never do this. We're driving to the store and we got in an argument and I was impatient, <laughs> you know, whatever that sin is. Or you weren't um, listening to me. I, I have never done that, honey. I just want to <laughs> publicly uh, state that right now. Um, you know, whatever it is in my entertainment, I, I was alone and I looked at something that I, that I shouldn't have looked at. I, I, I lingered in a conversation at the office longer than I should have. Maybe mm. I disclosed something that I really should have only disclosed to my spouse. I mean, we can get real specific about the different sins. You're just naming those as you review, rejoice, and then you're beginning to repent mm. of those sins that you, you, you know, you encountered during the day. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth R is you're requesting, you're saying, God, I don't want to do that again. God, when I'm alone or when I'm with my spouse or when with my kids, I mean, you're just requesting God's grace. God, give mm-hmm. me your grace. Fill me with your spirit so that I might walk in victory. I mean, those are just four R's that really help us practice that discipline of confession. Again, mm-hmm. the goal isn't so much to, to focus on our sin. I mean, that's part of it. Ultimately, the goal is that we might focus on the goodness, the grace, and the love of Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's what has the power uh, to set us free from from mm-hmm. uh, sin. Yeah, you know what I love about this. I uh, just this whole idea of re- review, rejoice, repent, request is. I really think there are times when, well, I don't know about you, but you know, I get in bed at night and I'm so exhausted, I can't even like, I don't know, Lord, what even happened today? <laughs> you know what I mean? And and I think we can miss out on confession, like confession. If I'm confessing tonight some of the things that I was struggling with today, um, that's how God changes me. But if I, otherwise I, day after day, I'm struggling. Not that you won't struggle again with it, but when I recognize that this is a problem, I think it, it's, it's, less likely that it's going to become a habit. You're, you're learning to outsmart the enemy. Right. And I think that's one of the things is I've been doing this over the last year, probably I have noticed that there, yeah, there's, you're exactly right. There's patterns as Mm -hmm. I start to examine my day, um, or different sins that I'm struggling with, I go, Oh, wow. There's a pattern to that particular Mm -hmm. sin of, of, um, you know, whatever it is. I noticed that after nine o'clock, I more susceptible to being impatient with the kids (laughs) because I'm tired. I'm a morning person, not a night person. Just, yeah. I mean, that's just sharing that from a friend. Life. Yeah, exactly. um, but it is, there's, I think so many, uh, different benefits from, from that, that practice. And again, the goal is not to, to live under condemnation, mm-hmm. that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Paul says in Romans eight, the, the goal is to allow, um, you know, God uh, through his spirit to, to weed out, um, the things that are, that are stealing life from us mm-hmm. and to confess those things. And I mean, we've talked about this before. I mean, God created us to know him, to walk with him where his image bears and And so to be restored into the image of God, um, means being set free from the, mm-hmm. the presence of sin and confession plays such an important role. Yeah. And what a, what a better time to, to start learning this and making this a habit, um, than during Lent. Yep, absolutely. And again, that, you know, that's the season we're in and, and this really is why we're, 
we're talking so specifically about this because, again, Lent is that 40-day preparation uh, for Easter when we celebrate Jesus' death and resurrection. And so mm, the, the goal yeah. is to go through this season of, of, again, intentional drawing near to Jesus, confessing of sin, fasting, so that we might experience more and more of the resurrection life that Jesus has for us. And so we shared this in the last episode, you know, Galatians 2.20, Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Mm. And the life that I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. And so we're just drawing near to Jesus. We're saying, Jesus, we want you to to resurrect more and more of who we are. We want to experience mm. the resurrection life uh, that you that you want to give us. And so we're entering into this very intentional season of fasting, confession, um, prayer so that come Easter, it's a party and hopefully mm-hmm. we're much more like Jesus yes. um, because of it. Yes. And you know, I love a party. That's amazing. So, oh, this has been <laughs> so good. And you know, sometimes we talk about hard or uncomfortable topics, but they are so, so important because if we want to learn and grow, like that whole idea of it becoming a habit, we have to talk about all the different areas of our Christian faith in life. And friend, we are so, so glad that you have joined us for this conversation. And can I just tell you, this? it is just so fun for us to know that you're listening and learning and growing right alongside us. Um, if we haven't met you, we want to get to know you. So be sure to follow us on Instagram at Patrick W. Schwank and at Ruth Schwank, or we are also on Facebook. And don't forget that everything we talked about will be at rootlikefaith.com forward slash podcast. And as if we don't say it enough already, we are so, so thrilled you're joining us and we welcome you into our family here at Root Like Faith. Would you do us a big favor? We'd be so very grateful if you would leave us a review or rating and share this podcast with your friends. It just takes a second and it's a tremendous help to us as we spread the word about Root Like Faith. We are so grateful for your help in getting the word out. All right, friend. Well, I'm so glad we had today to chat and we will chat again soon. Hope you have a great week.